Okay, well, hello and thank you for joining us again for the latest instalment in the Geishlich podcast series. And we're really fortunate to be joined today by Dr. Rob Felkler, who is a partner and implant dentist at Elodent Clinic in Sutton. Rob, hi, thanks so much for joining us. Afternoon, Richard, how are you, okay? Very good, fantastic. And Rob is excellently placed to um, give us his insight on the topic of the de- today, which is the application of Ixos CBR, uh, CAD-CAM technology for the use in major grafting cases. Just before we get into uh, some of the discussion with Rob, I'll give you some background on, uh, on, on him today. So he qualified from Queen Mary University London and had an early interest in oral surgery, walking, working as a staff grade in North Devon District Hospital. He went on to complete an MSc in dental implantology at the University of Bristol. His main area of expertise involves a combination of cosmetic dentistry and the placement of dental implants. And he has experience in smile makeovers and uses a combination of techniques including Invisalign, tooth whitening, gum recontouring to provide the perfect smile. So as I say, perfectly positioned for today's topic, Rob. Thanks again for joining us. That's all right. So we'll start really broadly. Can you give us some background into the reasons how and why you became a dentist? Yeah, well, firstly, I'd like to thank Geishik for having me and uh, for Richard and Nesh for joining me here in sunny Sutton. Um, How I started dentistry is a bit of a funny story. Um, I was at school, sat with a few friends, not really knowing what we wanted to do for our work experience uh, two weeks. Um, I just happened to be going through ortho treatment at the time. So during one of the visits, I asked my dentist if I could... uh, attend his clinic for a couple of weeks to, to fill out my uh, work experience and he was more than happy to help. Um, so I went along as a young kid and he had a few things organised for me. Uh, not only was I in his surgery the whole time but he organised a day at a local lab for me and also um, a day at Maxfax department which actually influenced quite heavily the rest of my life I think. So I enjoyed my work experience and followed it up through university and applied for my BDS. Um, during the course I think oral surgery is one of my favourite subjects and when I chose my VT position, I also chose it heavily on um, the oral surgery base within the practice. And I happened to end up in a practice in Torrington in, in North Devon, where um, the, one of the principals placed many implants and they carried out lots of sedation as well. While I was working there as a VT, I managed to get some time in the local hospital, which later on I applied for a part-time job there as well. Um, so I had, the, I had the ability to work with an amazing MaxFax team part-time during my VT year and uh, followed that up for a few years afterwards and then soon after qualifying it, it made sense just to c- complete an MSc in dental implants so and here we go. So really from the word go you've had this great experience um, as, as a work experience place and it just led into oral surgery and implants. A lot more interesting than my work experience. <laughs> I think it was always there. They, um, I think going back over the, the timeline everyone that I'd had contact with had a history of oral surgery. Um, maybe I didn't realise it at the time, but uh, that was always there in the background. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so moving on, I mean, how would you um, characterise your uh, approach to implant dentistry and, and, and GBR these days, Rob? Well, back before I was using Exos, um, I was always everything was delayed. Everything was a slow, methodical approach. Taking teeth out, wait three months, place the implant, wait three months, and restore. Um, and nowadays things are, are moving a little bit quicker, sort of immediate placements and things. Um, but when I was dealing with any form of guided bone regeneration, 
Um, it was always to do with, um, again, the slow, delayed approach where I take the tooth out, regenerate either socket preservation or, or a delayed approach of um, GBR three months down the line after the socket had healed. I think if you look through the literature and you, you read, read up on such um, authors like Lang, they describe that the aesthetic zone requires well over 90% of cases require some form of GBR. So a dentist wanting to place implants needs a good quiver of guided bone regeneration techniques at hand for various uh, clients. So I was, I was um, tampering with various options such as uh, particulate grafting with a membrane and eventually started using pins. I started ridge splitting and I even tampered with um, some bone ring systems. But these are really good for single units or two units close to one another. If there was anything much larger, what I ended up, to, ended up doing was referring to the local MaxFax clinic, which fortunately they allowed me in, so I managed to see a few iliac crests being um, sampled and then placed in the maxilla for my patients. So that was a good experience, but something I couldn't do in my own clinic. Mm. Patients were unfortunately having to go to a hospital, spend the night, outpatient clinic, meet another clinician, another form of recovery, um, and having to explain friends that they were having their tooth done and then hobbling for a week. <laughs> yeah, not ideal, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the time before Exos came along, I still hadn't found my niche technique that I was comfortable doing in the majority of my scenarios, and I also needed something I could use for the larger cases to keep everything in-house. Um, that's when Exos came along, and I think it's ticked most of their boxes for me. So you would say that you um, tried many different approaches to, uh, to GBR and, and, and had success with the, the smaller, simpler cases, but needed a solution that was going to give you success with the larger grafting cases that you could do yourself. Yes, definitely. And also with the, with the simpler cases, you wanted something that you could use and be well practiced in. And uh, among the other systems, there's nothing could um, treat a variety of cases, whereas Exos is very similar whether you're doing a single or a double unit case to even a full arch the technique isn't any different so uh, we, we we've mentioned this uh, this technology ixos uh, cbr rob and you've very much been an early adopter uh, for this solution in the uk one of the first dentists to uh, to try it in the uk and now one of the most experienced could you give us a little bit of background about how this system works hmm. the system actually works very well with the modern clinic where if you're trying, um, modern clinics are really buying into um, digital CAD GAM um, at the moment, where they're wanting um, good communication with the patients, good planning protocols, and Exos certainly offers that. Where you can send, take a CBCT scan, send it off to to Rios, the Exos company, and they will send you back a three-dimensional display of the defect and their intended design of the Exos mesh you then get the opportunity there to adapt the mesh to your desire, um, extending certain things, uh, making things smaller. Um, you can also block out teeth that you intend to remove, maybe a failed implant that's currently there, um, until you're happy with the design. Once you're happy, you just respond to them, confirm, the, confirm uh, the design, and they would start manufacturing it for you. This process isn't just useful for us, the dentist, or or, or Rios, the company manufacturing it, but I've also used it for my patients as well. Um, this is going to be a long journey for clients, so you want them on board very early on. So I found these kind of digital schematics very helpful to say, look, this is where your tooth needs to be, therefore your implant needs to be here. And then they can see with their own eyes that, oh, there's a bony defect, I can see why you're recommending a graft, I can see why it's going to take me six months of treatment. So you get the patient on board very early on and they understand why it's taking so much longer. 
With any new technology, uh, there's got to be a something that convinces you to take the first step with it. Um, so can you think back to sort of 2018 when you start started using the material? Um, did you have any reservations or, or what was it that really convinced you to go for it with your first case? Mm-hmm. Um, at the time I was looking at uh, moving on from pinned membranes to maybe blocks. Um, the current issue that I was having with myself with block technique was you're having having to take another surgical site, more trauma to the patient, um, risk of damaging vital structures, um, and also most of the blocks people take are superficial and they're mainly corticated bone. So there's a very poor blood supply, therefore can affecting adhesion and more likely to get an exposure down the line. So these are the sort of, sort of things that was um, going through my mind when I was making the, the move to block grafting. So when Exos was introduced to me, it seemed to have all the benefits of a block a block in the sense that it can be fixed very firmly, um, it was a rigid structure and you can also design the structure to your own liking um, and it's made of a particular material which could be harvested locally and I personally use the Micros system to harvest bone locally, it's very safe, simple to use, um, I find it smaller than the safe scraper which I know is quite a common product to use um, and you can get most of the autogenous bone from those scrapings so you didn't have to go elsewhere within your cavity to get your bone grafting so I felt it was quite a safe procedure to follow up with Sure. Um, and as I intended originally to use it as a stepping stone to move towards block grafting I actually haven't moved on and all the blocks that I take now I mill up to go underneath my exos graft so it's actually prevented you from going down that route of block grafting, which presumably is, is a higher uh, morbidity uh, treatment option for your patients. Yeah, I mean, when you start taking blocks, that I mean, you first need to surgically adapt the block to fit into the defect site, which can take time. And all along, the patient sat there, some opt for no sedation as well. So they're sat there, what's going on? It does take time. The longer the procedure takes, the more bruising and swelling a patient can get. So, and also as a clinician, you've got to make sure you've got a nice firm contact from block to the, the defect, and it's not always possible to, to get it right. Whereas with the Exos, because you're using a particular graft the whole time, it's very easy to adapt it into the defect, and I put 50% of it into the defect, 50% of it into the mesh or the Exos lattice itself, and then push the two together for a nice, densely packed um, graft. So you, you touched there in terms of... Um some of the surgical uh, tips, if you like. But uh, for any clinician you, looking to utilize this technology, what do they really need to know? And what, what are the keys to success in terms of the actual surgical technique? I think it's so safe to say with any new technique you're trying, the first case shouldn't be something that, oh, this is a big case, let's try this one, because it's really good for the large cases. I think you need to start with something that you're familiar with. So pick a case that's simple, um, for yourself and what you would normally use your regular GBR technique for um, and then get a CBCT scan have a look at it maybe pass it through with a colleague as well um, get your get Rios to construct a three-dimensional scan for you and see what you think um, if you're happy with it and and um, you can take that um, accept the case and um, with the, the technique itself, when you're comparing it to something like um, a tenting process with pinned membranes, it's very, very similar. The only difference is you've got a lot more solid support for the actual um, a bone to sit against, so you get a much more rounded result. Um, Closure is probably very similar to having a large um, sausage technique, for example. Um, so I suppose there's a lot of similarities, and that's what you want with your first case. 
my biggest tip is tension free with a lot of cases you can if you're not using a titanium framework you can get away with granulation, granulation tissue forming um, on, on defects when it exposes a little bit that's not the case of this you need complete tension free and as been described by many a clinician before you should be able to walk that flap out the door that's how loose it should be um, do watch out for the early exposures it does happen um, the early exposures doesn't mean a failure um, it can be treated quite simply with um, oral hygiene advice, chlorhexidine, and al allowing the, the gingiva to, to form around it. Um, and as long as it's not infected, it's fine. I think with most GBR techniques, if you do get an exposure, everyone's worried about failure. I think if you get a small exposure, ex exposure you may find that you get about 10-20% bone loss in that particular area, or, or maybe even less. Because, because it's a particular graft, it's a lot more forgiving, whereas in a block case, you probably would have lost it. Well, that's, that's the key, isn't it? If you do get an exposure, you may get a partial loss of the graft, but you can still go ahead and place your implants and you don't get mm. a complete loss, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've touched upon it fairly um, comprehensively there, Rob, but I mean, we know no system is, is perfect. You, you touched on the limitations and potential um, sort of complications there. Is there anything else you would add in that regard? Yeah, I think, I mean, I had a dentist come and watch me one time and he described it quite well, that it's like a recipe. You can't move on to the next step until one step's already completed. So I would have divided up the technique of, of Exos into um, several stages. Um, mainly a basis is biological understanding, understanding the blood supply, understanding closure and uh, fixation of the graft. So firstly you want to raise a well-designed flap, a flap that you can extend and close firmly. You want a good blood supply uh, and that's not only taken from the soft tissue but it's also taken from the underlying bone and that can be done by just cortical perforations. What's key and you'll find in the literature from, any, from most grafting is that you need a 50-50 autogenous mix. Um, this can be done in larger cases from taking a block and then milling down or in most of my cases I do the, uh, just local scrapings to harvest the bone and mix that together with the patient's blood. You'll find that placing half the bone into the defect fills, fills little cavities and gives you a much better compaction of the graft, um, especially in those larger regular defects. And the stability of the exos, most people are surprised when I tell them you only generally need one screw to fix the whole graft. Um, I recently done an eight unit case and one screw actually firmed the whole um, mesh up completely. Your instinct um, with these things is that you need at least two screws yeah. but they're so precise that actually one normally does the job. One it? does the job but you put the other one just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they are surprisingly firm. And then the key, the key is tension free closure and then I would always consider soft tissue grafting afterwards because you can't have hard tissue generation without the soft tissue to follow up. That's where you get your aesthetics later on. And half of your bone goes on the ridge and half goes in the mesh. I think the instinct with your first case sometimes is to load all of the bone into the mesh and then it won't load onto the ridge as well. <laughs> yeah, that was done in my first time. Um, I find that you don't get the, into the little defects as well and you have to actually have to apply a lot of pressure once you're forcing the mesh down that it doesn't see as well as it probably could do or should do. Sure. And now that you've done a um, you know, number of cases with the mesh, you know, what are the benefits um, that you see from this, you know, particularly for your patients? Um, firstly, I mean, the larger cases I'm now treating quite comfortably in-house, so they're not having to go anywhere else. Um, and also, my implant placement is so much easier. The amount of bone that you have once you remove the mesh is unbelievable. So you're not scraping to get that one millimetre of buccal bone. You're quite happily getting two, three millimetres of buccal bone. Um, so the, the, the surgery later on is so much easier on yourself. 
Um, therefore, once you've got the level of bone, you've got the stability, long-term stability for the patient's implants. But you have a knock-on effect from that. You know, your, your implants have been restorative driven, you've not compromised from that. You've got a lot more increased keratinized tissue. Um, and aesthetics just tend, tends to improve. So even my interior single unit cases are looking better just by using something like this. Because don't forget the ridge that you're creating is from a solid mesh that you've designed from day one. So you're not gonna get any slumping anywhere because you're using a soft membrane to hold it in place. Or it's not, you're putting too hard on a pin and then tacking in, just distorting it slightly. It's that rigid structure, so you're gonna get the shape that you set out to create. Sure, okay. And just sort of finishing up, Rob, you know, more broadly, what are the future developments that you think will happen in the future or that you'd like to see, particularly around uh, implant dentistry? Well, I think implant dentistry has evolved quite a lot, especially since I started. I mean, I remember, you know, the varying implant surfaces, different connections. Do we taper? Do we go parallel implants? Abutment styles? Do we do one-time abutment? Um, and, and I think nowadays it's more to do with planning software, um, and it's heading towards immediacy and guided bone regeneration uh, for the largest scenarios. I would like to see it head towards more towards soft tissue development, so I, I don't think there's enough emphasis on that. Um, and I think that the soft tissue development needs to be considered at the beginning with your lab technician. I think they need to be incorporated early on in the treatment planning. Um, they're, they're the experts in ceramics. They're the ones that know how they can shape a particular tooth. So if you've got a difficult case, whether it be enough bone, whether it be the anatomy of the, the patient and the you know certain features in the way, um, discuss it with them. They're, they're going to give you some ideas. They're going to have a different expert opinion on the matter. So I would like to see things going towards a soft tissue development, technicians being more involved. Um, and I think, I think that's going to push the aesthetic component more, more and more. Fantastic. Well, look, Rob, thank you so much for your uh, insight today in uh, sort of explaining your journey and especially around the use of uh, this new technology, Ixos CBR. So uh, from sunny Sutton, Dr. Rob Felkler, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks very much, Richard. Okay, join nice us again for the next uh, Guy Schlick podcast. Thanks very much.